Thanks a lot. Part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you on a Tuesday morning. Spaghetti and meatballs fiddling with the knobs behind the glass. Babyface Joel Solomon producing this mess. And joining me as always, my wizards of wagering, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Harry, Brother Bry, and Darren, the parlay kid. What is happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? What's up, Sal? What's going on, buddy? Lots of football to talk. Lots of basketball, big nets, Warriors matchup tonight. Lots of wrestling. Drew McIntyre is joining us for an interview. He's part of Survivor Series this Sunday on pay-per-view. Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Jobber turned superstar, Drew McIntyre. Very excited. Very excited to have beaten Harry in fantasy. He ran his mouth. He dug up the history. Of course, only the history that benefits him. <clears throat> Not the fact that I had like more points in six of the last eight years or something crazy. That got you fired up. Wow. Okay. It did. It did. And then he cried about Chubb being, I don't know what Chubb would have had to do. He, he actually ended up losing by 30 because Debo Samuel, <clears throat> top three receiver in the league right now, did his job. Right. Harry, what do you what do you have to say for yourself? No, I know you got me on you got me this week, but boy, it's been a it's been a nightmare with injuries. You know how fantasy goes. I've been getting crushed. And Chubb, oh. if there's if there's one player out there that's been up and down, up and down all season. There was a first rounder, Nick Chubb. Come on. It, it's either COVID, either he has a good game, or he's <laughs> injured. It's just ridiculous. And then you get the points with Dearness uh, Johnson, who had a uh, pretty good game. And I had a, also at the beginning, Najoku, wide open, drops, gets the ball knocked out of his hands oh, for the touchdown. That set the tone there, too. So, yeah, you got me on that. All one. right. You got me this Nick week. Chubb, you, will you stop getting COVID and stop getting injured. This is very, <laughs> these are rare things that happen in the NFL. First You're round really pick. You better Harry, stop. Screwing Harry over here. The brothers went at it. Brother Brian, Parley Kid. I know no one cares about this, but Parley Kid, you lost by one to Brother Brian. Something was in the air. I won two matchups by one, yeah. including against Barstool's Kelly in Vegas, who owes me 500 bucks asking for my Venmo right now. <laughs> Good job by me. I won by less than a point. Because I had Cooper Cup come through, but Parley Kid, you suffered. Uh, well, you suffered a couple weird losses. We'll get to those. Yeah, I had, yeah, it's two bad fantasy losses. Out two terrible fantasy losses. I think I had like a ninety-nine percent chance of winning in both <laughs> leagues, <laughs> and yeah. I lost both. I mean, it's, it was incredible, almost impossible <laughs> to happen. But uh, yeah, it did. So whatever. Well, Darren, Dar- you were what against me? You were down what with? Uh, you were down I, six, seven, six. Po- six? Six, Six points, points with Henderson and the Rams D had five at the half and got zero in the second half. I checked. And it was the- never close. And it was never close. It wasn't even like uh, it was never close. So whatever. And they were losing the game. And I was like, oh, man, Henderson. I think I bet him under. What did I do at halftime? I did with uh, Martin and uh, and Dave. I had that he'd have under 46 and a half rushing yards in the second half or overall. That was a, one of the few things that hit for me. All right. We're going to recap. The 49ers and Rams. 49ers bury the Rams 31-10. I mean, it's one of those games like three minutes in. You're like, oh, yeah, that's right. I got the wrong side. I had the wrong side with everything. I had I had the Rams. I had, uh, what the hell else? I had Henderson. To, I, I don't remember. Parley Kid, you hit on Kittle first touchdown, which, by the way, if you just bet our picks for first touchdown, we spent a lot of time, so I want you to listen to this, please. First touchdown was what, Parley Kid? 11-1 for Kittle? 11-1, yes, sir. Okay, we've hit that. Now, we've done, what, Brian, 10 weeks worth of Thursday night and Monday night first touchdown picks, except for the first week, right? There was no yep. Monday game. Okay, so 10 well, weeks. Well, no, we, ju- we yeah, we just missed that Thursday. That Thursday night, Thursday. we didn't give up. Yep. That's right. Okay, so we've done, so let's say it's 76 units. I don't want to make this complicated, but um, 
10 weeks times um, two games times four picks for each of us. That's 80. We missed one, so that's 76. Here, here, It has to add to 76. So we're already at 11 with Kittle, 11 to 1. I gave Daniel Jones first touchdown, 19 to 1. Sam Darnold, sorry, Harry, 24 to 1. James Robinson hit, plus 950. Uh, Taylor, uh, which Taylor? Is that Mar- Marjorie Jonathan. Taylor? Oh, Jonathan John Taylor. Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, plus 650. Derrick Henry, plus 550. DK Metcalf, plus 850. Tyreek Hill, 5 to 1. The Dolphins, Harry picked last week, didn't bet it himself, 39 to 1. And now we have Kittle, 11 to 1. That's somewhere in the range of plus. All right, even if you didn't take Harry's dumb Dolphins pick there, which was a spite pick, we're still like plus 54 units, right, Brian? Spectacular. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, well, we're plus 60, right? 61, we're, but if 61. We, we haven't, we're not smart enough to figure out if we have to back out the original bet. So <laughs> we're, we're somewhere in the range of plus 50 units. Just bet what we're doing here on the, on the first touchdowns. And it's a fun bet, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've given out nine, nine winners through. Beautiful. Yeah, nine winners through 19. We games. give one a week, basically, is what it comes yeah. down to. All right. But Parley Kid. Nice. All that said, you, you had a midweek or well, not midweek to start off the week with a bed ache you had Stafford rushing over two and a half yards this quarterback <laughs> rushing prop it's either a really easy win or a terrifying ordeal it's almost like landing a plane for a pilot right it's like ah oh, this is easy or breezy or what whatever I want I lost what happened with Stafford take us through that craziness well listen so it's late in the game right the game's kind of decided already and then, look, I'm not a player bad. I don't like to bash coaches and players. I know that their job is difficult enough. But Stafford showed something to me yesterday. That You know what, Sal? He was selfish. He was thinking about mm. his stats, and he wanted to throw a touchdown pass. He wow. could have walked into the end zone for a touchdown. Instead, he goes like three yards over the line of scrimmage, which, <laughs> by the way, I needed him over two and a half yards rushing. If he literally just stopped running, at the point where he threw the ball, he goes over for the uh, for his rushing yards. Instead, he gets like three yards past the line of scrimmage. Probably could have just like dove into the end zone, I felt like at that point. And he throws a ball 10 feet over a receiver's head out of the end zone. So they get not only he gets no yards, he gets no touchdown. They back him up. They lose the down. They uh. back him up 10 yards. And to me, it was a selfish play. He was looking to boost his touchdown, get a cheap touchdown late rather than run one in because nobody cares about quarterbacks running them in. Yeah. Right, Harry? Because we talked about that with Darnold. Nobody cares. He wanted to throw one, and he screwed me over. You know, it was was, selfish. And Stafford, (laughs) Stafford, we got to start examining these guys. Stafford, you know, guys, you know, the guy makes a lot of money. Sure. When, when has he ever won a big game? Like, sorry. Oh, I now, love it. Now I'm I pissed off. Yeah. When has he ever won a big game, Stafford? I know he I played mean, for but, some lousy uh, uh, Lions teams, but he's still, you know, he was never won. It's terrible on Thanksgiving all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when he was in the spotlight. Can't, now can't handle the big time, D. And look, his receivers sucked last night. They were terrible, too. Yeah, they were. So dropping he, everything. He, yep. But. He just doesn't, he looks, he look, does not look sure of himself. I don't you know, know what it is. You, you said this, and I appreciate the, the bonus betting you gave us there. But uh, Rob Parker, who used to host a podcast on this network, and then I, I think he got arrested for public urination or something. We had to let him go. But I don't know. <laughs> Rob Parker 
covered Detroit sports for years and years and years and still a keen insider on Midwest and Detroit sports. He used to call him Pad Stafford. And that's just what you're talking about, Parley Kid. Always padding the stats, always coming from behind. But now you can't do that with the Rams, a team expected to win. And and he uh, particularly expected to get over two and a half yards rushing. Rob uh, he Par- couldn't pull it off. Yeah, that. you know what? And Rob Parker, I didn't know about that, but Rob Parker and I have talked before. Mm-hmm. And him and I think alike. And absolutely, he nailed Pat that Stafford. one. Stafford. Look. Now McVay's got another problem. I mean, I thought this Rams team was winning the Super Bowl. Right. They, they've looked terrible. But yeah, man, I don't know what to think. Get the yards. Get the two and a half yards. Get well, in the, the end zone. The, the funny thing about that prop is that he actually gets credit for the one yard rushing there. So Parley Kid's right. Like, even if he just throws the ball after he's run three yards, they still would have counted it because right. then, they, just then the, pen- he, then the just, penalty is after the play. That's so wow, terrible. that's really bad. He literally, like, I don't know, like he was... It was almost like the way oh, um, that uh, Deshaun Jackson Deshaun Jackson reacted yeah, the other yeah. day. Yeah, right. It was like, Turning into the like, what, what are you yeah. doing? Like, right. just just get the yards in front of you. Oh I, man, with, with brother nice. Bry adding that little nugget there, it almost seems personal now, Parley kid. I mean, that is I, I don't know that too many people I, I, have I don't know. over two I and a half yards rushing. No, it's personal. I don't know. We know. I, I you know we <laughs> I like McVeigh a lot. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know I I. This is a quarterback league. Man, I think some of these quarterbacks, I know Brian's quarterback and Carr. Mm-hmm. I like I watched these guys. They one good performance, two or three like average to blow. We got the best one, Parley Kid. Just we like, got the best one. Dak Prescott's the most most consistent one of all. Yeah, it's weird because I know a lot you of know? people hate the parody. Um, and there is parody more so this year, I think, than um Previous years, even in fantasy, our, our, I pointed out to our division, our, nobody cares, but there's one team seven and three, other team three and seven. Everybody else is in between. But usually after 10 weeks, we have a team that's either undefeated or one loss. Got none of that. You got seven and two teams, got eight and two teams, and then a lot of mixed matching and about three or four bad teams. But I'll say this. It does seem like everybody is where we thought they'd be, right? I mean, with a couple of exceptions, the Packers are going to win their division. Cowboys will win theirs. The Bucs are going to win theirs. Arizona and the Rams could battle it out. The Chiefs are back after giving us uh, two months of Ajita. The Titans will win that terrible South. Ravens are right at the top of the North and the Bills. So I don't know. I don't know what to think, but it has opened up um, with the 49ers being four and five. I wanted to look at the sixth and seventh seed in the NFC. Now we can go over this for the next six weeks, but the way I see it, the four division winners, right? Plus the Rams. Or the Cardinals, right? I would say they're almost definitely in, although the Rams right. didn't show us much. But for these, in, for yeah. this exercise, it, it's got to be that. So the only other minus, the only other favorite to make the playoffs in the NFC is the Saints at minus 150. Yep. They might make it. They might not. Out of them, well, out of, I'll include the Saints. What's the best value for a team to make the playoffs? Either the sixth or seventh seed. Saints minus 150. Vikings next plus 138. 49ers who are now four and five plus 176, Eagles plus 240, Panthers plus 360, Falcons 420, Seahawks seem to be dead, but who the hell knows, plus 430. Brother Brian, I'll let you go first here. Yeah, I like the 49ers at plus 176, although I could say, did they tease us last night, right, into thinking they were good? I thought they were going to I thought they were going to be good this year. They've let me down every time I've mm-hmm. bet them, so it only made sense for them to look great last night. But if you look at their schedule, uh, all winner, winnable games, especially the next five. I'm not really sold on the Falcons. 
I'm not really sold on Carolina. You know, who who really knows with that QB situation? Mm. Um, and I'm not even 100% sure. I, I don't even know when you brought up the Saints, too. I'm not really 100% sure on them either, especially right. with Simeon as their quarterback. So to me, the 49ers, though, just have the most upside to all of a sudden be like, oh, yeah, they're they are really good. Mm-hmm. I think you can't say that about any other team. San Francisco is the one team that potentially all of a sudden, I mean, they could look like dog shit too, but they could also, they're a team that could make a run in the playoffs if everything worked out for them. So I think a plus 176 with two spots kind of open, you know, over these next couple of games, they could make a little bit of a run. Yeah, I'm trying to think like yeah, all these teams have looked bad, right? In one or two or maybe more yeah. games. But who has looked the best against a good team? I guess the 49ers performance last night is up there. The Vikings, I think, at plus 138 mm. have to be up there. As scattered brain team that is, you have to think that, you know, they look good the last couple of weeks. Harry, you're going with the Vikings, right? You've been pushing them all year. I'm not. I'm jumping on board with Brian. I'm taking the Niners. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, look, Jimmy G has been solid of late. Six touchdowns, just one pick last three games. And I loved how last night when they could have just ran the ball in the fourth quarter, they go for the dagger and he gets the 40-yard touchdown to Samuel, who's been fantastic this year. The guy's been amazing, really. And having Kittle healthy now, what a formidable duo those two are. And Brian mentioned the schedule. Jacksonville, Minnesota, Seattle, the next three. They also have Atlanta and Houston in there. Play the Rams in the last week of the season. Uh, McVay's now 0-5 against uh, Shanahan, Shanahan has, has his number. So that game may, might not need, mean anything for the Rams there. So it might mean a lot for the 49ers. I'm jumping on the Niners too. And plus Carolina, Sal, you thought maybe I'd go with them. They still have Buffalo, New Orleans, and, uh, and yeah, yeah. all right, we'll get to schedule. that. Thank you. We have to read everybody's <laughs> schedule in the league. Well, yeah, but it, it's true. The Jags, Seahawks, Falcons, Texans is as easy a slate as you're going to get at any of these teams. And that's what the Niners, are. it seems like everyone has the Falcons on their schedule. Except, unfortunately for them, the Falcons don't get to play themselves. And who the hell knows uh, what kind of product they put up. But, Parley Kid, you and I like the Panthers here. I just think the money is a little out of whack. Plus 360. They, yeah. And I think they kind of have to win the next three. Panthers, Dolphins. I'm sorry. Uh, who they play this week? They have the Dolphins, Falcons. And, and Washington. And the week, team, so. Washington team. Right. The, the, yeah. So that's yep. the uh, Ron Rivera Bowl. So Washington, yeah. Miami, Atlanta. They end with Bills, Bucks, and Saints. That's tough. But second overall defense, right? We're banking on their defense here and maybe some yeah. Cam Newton brilliance. First against the pass, they only allow 173 passing yards per game. You're going to be in almost every game if that defense shows up, right? I agree with that, Sal. Plus 360 to make the playoffs. I have them to make the playoffs anyway. Uh, and I think they can mix and match this quarterback situation to what suits them best. A little Newton, little Walker. Um, I don't know whatever happens to Darnold, but uh, their defense, there have been games where their defense just seems to be all over the field. They fly around the field, making plays, making life really difficult for the opposition. And let's not forget, they really do have one of the best offensive players in the game when he's healthy in Christian McCaffrey. If he stays healthy for the rest, rest of the year, I think that's the big thing here. If he's healthy and they get him for the rest of the season, I really like this value at plus 360 on Carolina. It's interesting. It's a lot of fun uh, teams out there to bet, but oh man, like every other week, you're right. They play like a, like a junior high school squad. All right, coach of the year. Let's go over these odds real quick. I know we do it every, it seems every week, but there's been a change at the top. It was, uh, it was uh, the Chargers coach Staley for the longest time. I didn't really understand it. And now it's Vrabel. The Tennessee Titans coach plus 400 Mike McCarthy. Second, what the hell's going on here? 
Mike McCarthy second <laughs> plus five fifty. I don't know, Harry. I don't like Vrabel there. You you like him at four to one? Uh, I do. I mean, eight and two, best record in the AFC, tied for the best record in the NFL. Uh, four and one on the road, five and one in conference, won six in a row, and last two without Derrick Henry, which is uh, which is um, pretty amazing. Um, uh, Tannehill, not great numbers here, still getting it done. Uh, and defensively, twenty-seven sacks so far this season. They had a total of nineteen last year. That's where it's changed. Harold Landry, best season of his, of his career, ten sacks already. They give up twenty-eight points a game last year. This season, twenty-three, a five-point difference. And uh, and I think Vrabel right now is the guy, especially without Henry in the lineup, and they're winning the games. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, their defense has turned it around. It's kind of what the Cowboys have done too, right? Uh, in addition to the high power offense, Henry out, he gets a little credit for that. But I don't. Just being in the AFC South, I gotta I gotta ding him a little bit. Can the AFC South coach get Coach of the Year? Like, was Ron Rivera in the running last year, going seven and nine, like leading the Washington team to a division title? I think you're. I think your prize in that division is maybe getting a buy because you're playing on shit teams all the time, right? Well, they've also they've also looked really good against Buffalo, looked uh, looked yeah. good against Kansas City, no, I, and uh, and rolled the Rams last week. Rolled I know. them. I hate that team. All right, brother Bry, you like uh, Lafleur? He's done a good job. They're gonna have a ton of wins again. I think they. I think he could have won the game against the Chiefs if he had a better game plan for Jordan Love. But other than that, he's done a great job with that team. Yeah, and I, when you're talking about Vrabel, too, I think, yeah, he has a matchup. I mean, they play the Pats, right, the following week. But I, I do think if if Tennessee gets the one seed, it's probably – it might be deserved. I think it might be deserving for them just because he he probably – Tennessee does have the best wins, I think, this year when you look at all the teams. They're probably uh, going to get the one seed. They, 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 the rest beaten, of the yeah. way isn't too bad. Yeah. And Brian, I mean, Brian it, not a lot of stuff out of Julio Jones either. But not yeah. yeah, well, he's been yeah, and I mean, I, again, it could come down to that Patriot game. Texans but times I, two, Dolphins, Jags still left at the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Who knows what that is? And then the Patriots. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I wanted to give uh, Lafleur a little bit of love at fourteen and one. You know, this is a team that's probably the favorite. You know, they're the favorite right now to be the one seed again in the NFC. And after all the drama in the off season, that terrible week one, right? Everybody, people started to write them off after week one. So. I, uh, to me, I always feel like he has a good game plan in terms of running the ball and throwing the ball. He wins the close games. I mean, the fact that you could hold the Chiefs down to 13 points and have a chance of winning that game with Love at QB, who was right. terrible in that game anyway, just says a lot about him. Um, as long as he's not kicking field goals, again, down eight in a playoff game. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, right. it hurts him a little bit. But um, yeah, I just think at 14-1, and uh, I don't know. Harry always says this award lately has been going to the best looking coaches. So um, it's, po- it's possible. It's possible. He should win. It's it here. so, uh, it's so cr- all these guys are named are better than Mike McCarthy, but I guess it doesn't matter. Right. Like it, it, they're not going to analyze like, like two minute, what, like two minute game drills and stuff like that. It's just your record at the end of the day, which should have gotten Bill Belichick the award. I right. don't know. One Sparley kid in the last 10 years. Um, uh, <laughs> He's 12 to one odds. I got him at 18 to one. I think you bet him to parlay kid. I'll tell yeah. I'll let you take the analysis. We both like Belichick at 12 to one, but because the Patriots are your favorite team in sports better than the Islanders and the Knicks and, and, uh, and all the, and the Cowboys for sure. Go ahead. Take it away. Belichick. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think the only franchise right now that I have a, a soft spot for in terms of a second team, I hate every other team, 
Patriots, that's so crazy. Mind. That's so crazy. You're a New Yorker. You should hate these Boston Patriots. Uh, I, I know probably because uh, I don't root for the Giants or, or Jets here. So I don't, right. the Patriots don't really kill me here. You know, I, uh, but that being said, we both have Belichick at 18 to one. I've been touting Belichick all year. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the Patriots schedule the rest of the way. I think they're getting at least four wins, which gets them to 10. I, and I think they can get to five. And if they think if they go 11 and six here, I think Belichick's got a really good shot. So I think 10 is a give a, a guarantee for them. I think if they get to 11, I think this 12 to one value is still really good. And I think in this head to head matchup, and I'll be coming back with this in a few weeks. I think the Pats smack the Titans around. And mm. if Belichick beats Vrabel, sorry, scratch Vrabel off. He can't get it over Belichick, especially if Belichick goes on to win like 11 games. He cannot get it in a head-to-head matchup. I think Belichick is going to school Vrabel in that game uh, in two weeks. So, Because t- the Titans are going to win this week. They're going to win. They've mm-hmm. been, you know, and then due for a loss, they're going to go in uh, to Foxborough uh, and get smacked down. Uh, I agree with you. I think that would cross Vrabel off the list, but I still think they have to win the division to for Belichick to win it. Yeah, I don't know if you have to win. I really don't know if you got to win. Listen, if they lose by a field goal, that doesn't scratch Vrabel off the list. I I don't know if you got to win the division anymore. What about a safety? Um, What's (laughs) maybe, maybe? I I think you know. I I think the coaches should be judged on. you know, a lot of it is, you know, what their win loss are, you know, over under was and how much. I they guess who was, I guess you're right. Wait, did Stefanski win last year? He did. Okay. So they were a wild card, right? Am I crazy? Oh, no. They won the. Wait, no. The Steelers won that division. No, they were a wild card. They were a wild the, card. The Steelers were a wild card? No, Cleveland. Won. I know. That's what I'm saying. There you go. Yeah. The <laughs> there yeah. you go. Okay. All right. All right. Let's regroup. Uh, I want to talk to you about Fandle. All right. The NBA is back. One of the things I love about betting on basketball. That I'm always finding new player or game props that I like. And that's what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook. You can combine these props with other bets to form a same game parlay, score an even bigger payout. 76ers, Jazz. Harry, give me a Jazz prop right now. Right now. Go, go bear over rebound. Go bear over rebounds. Parlay kid, 76ers prop. Just to win the game. No, uh, I always like to take the Tobias Harris over rebounds prop, Sal. All right. I go, take that a lot. Go bear rebounds over. Tobias Harris rebounds over. Brother Bry. I can do anything. Anything. Yeah, anything that falls on the uh, same game parlay. Let's do um, Mitchell. What do we got? Mitchell threes. All right. Mitchell What's threes on? over. Yeah, over. Over three and a half. Threes. There you go. All right. So that'll get you about six to one odds right there. Uh, same game parlay. Do it. Love betting NBA action. Fandle fast payouts, little as two hours. Easy to use and place bets. Fun prop markets can be combined into same game parlay. Safe and secure. It's why Fandle is America's number one sports book. Yes, all customers check out Fandle daily for exclusive NBA same game parlays. Focused offers like TNT Tuesdays and new to Fandle Sportsbook. Yeah. They're also offering new users a risk-free $1,000 bet. Just sign up with promo code against all odds. And if your first bet loses, you get up to a grand back in site credit. Promo code against all odds. FanDuel Sportsbook. Check it out. All right, let's bring in our guest. You can see him at Survivor Series live this Sunday on Peacock and the WWE Network. Coming to you from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Yes, he's the WWE's best-looking man in a kilt since Rowdy Roddy Piper, Drew McIntyre. 
the chosen one. Thanks for being here. No, thank you for having me. You know all of it right around your pipe. I remember the last thing you two were tagging. That's right. That's right. Is that, Do they talk about that in the dressing room a lot? My match with Santino Morello back in, uh, what was that, 2008? I, I imagine it's still um, big news. Right? Well, uh, sure. I mean, I think about it a lot, at least. <laughs> okay, that's good enough for me. Drew, we're, uh, we're primarily a football podcast. We complain a lot about the uh, refs, but... I have to say, I've been watching um, Raw and SmackDown. The officiating in wrestling is just awful. It's really never been worse. <laughs> Do you agree? Foreign I, objects, undetected, refs <laughs> distracted by managers. Is it worse for you? Or do you not want to say, will you get fined if you say anything on this podcast? I say pretty much whatever I think. And I have to agree with you. The refs are bloody useless 95% of the time. <laughs> okay, good. Good. That's how I saw it. All right. Survivor <laughs> Series this Sunday. Always one of the best WWE events. People don't realize it's the second oldest annual event only behind WrestleMania. Did you watch Survivor Series? Do you remember watching it growing up? Oh, yeah. I watched absolutely everything I get my hands on. You know, everybody thinks in Scotland, you know, we just run around in the hills and kilts, drinking whiskey and eating haggis, which is true. <laughs> but we also have modern technology and modern shows. And when I was a kid, we did a WWE, WWF at the time, and I watched it every single week. And everything I get my hands on, I was watching, including the big four pay-per-views, the WrestleMania Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, and SummerSlam. That's terrific. And you're part of, like I said, a huge match, Team Raw versus your squad, Team SmackDown. I have to say, now you guys are one guy short. You're going to announce on SmackDown Friday who your fifth, well, your, your fourth partner, who makes up the fifth. On it. It's Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Rey Mysterio, and Bobby Lashley versus you, Xavier Woods, Jeff Hardy, and Happy Corbin. Team Raw is pretty stacked. I, I list them as the favorites. Do you know who you're going to be adding? I don't know who we're going to be adding, but I've got some thoughts on the matter. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, if I was going to pick the last member of the team, I'd probably go for somebody I've known for 20 years. You know, we come up the ranks together in Europe before we both get signed to WWE. You know, we traveled all across Europe. I was 19 years old at the time. He was about 47 years old at the time. He's a little bit on in years. We've been on and off friendship, but I know how dangerous he is in the ring. And I would add Sheamus because I know what he's capable of physically. And us together on the same team with Drake Havoc all over the hey, Team Raw. I was at Team SmackDown. I'm still not used to being on SmackDown. I was on Raw for so many years. Mm -hmm. but I'm Team SmackDown. Team SmackDown this Sunday. Yeah, that's well, so shit. Why don't you just add Sheamus? Or can you not add Sheamus? You're not able to. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I get that call. I mean, I've been away from SmackDown <laughs> for two weeks. I was just in Europe there. I just at the MTV Europe Awards on Sunday, so I missed SmackDown this past Friday. But when I get into SmackDown this Friday, uh, live in uh, Hartford, I'm right. going to probably start swinging my big sword around. Anyone that doesn't watch the show, I've got about a six-foot sword I carry to the ring. I'm going to swing that bad boy about and get our team right. Okay, good. That seems scary enough to, to inspire anybody. But let me ask you this. If you could add one opponent, sorry, one partner, to the fifth, to make it your fifth, from his or her prime, from history, who do you choose? From the prime in history? <sighs> Probably Stone Cold Steve Austin. When really? he was at, When he was on fire at the top of his game. He wasn't losing too many matches. That stunner was beating everybody. Mm. Okay, that's the wrong answer. The answer is Rowdy Roddy Piper. I mean, we, uh, we gave you a nice hint to begin with. <laughs> yeah, Piper. Yeah, actually, you know, Piper wasn't losing too many matches, too, especially to Hogan. That's right. To. He, that's okay. <laughs> he would not, he would not get him over. He wouldn't do it. You were, um, I know, you know, I'm a big fan of Rowdy Roddy Piper's. I was good friends with him. Uh, luckily meeting him was probably top five moments of my life for sure. 
Uh, did you? I know they tried to. You said earlier in the year they tried to get work an angle with you and Roddy, right? Yeah, Roddy actually did uh, when I was younger mm-hmm. in my early twenties. We started building a relationship, uh, which was crazy to me uh, to get so close to somebody I grew up admiring so much. Of course, I was like finding out Santa Claus and it wasn't real when I found out it wasn't from Scotland. But um, <laughs> you know, we built a relationship over the phone. He gave me some great advice. He'd watch my stuff at the time. And looking back now, I had such a long way to go. If it did materialize, maybe it wouldn't have been the best thing, but I would have learned a lot. But nonetheless, I got to speak to him on the phone all the time. As you know, he was such an amazing human being and he knew this industry inside now and he really helped me out a lot. And I wish he was still around today to see how far I've been able to come. He would have been proud of you for sure. Yes. Like you mentioned, you're born in Ayr, Scotland. Is that how you say it? A-Y-R, right? That was close. Air, like air? fresh air. Damn, I was going to go with there. And Roddy was born in Saskatoon, Canada. But yes. Uh, Basically but, the same place. Yeah, it's the same. But six of one. Uh, yeah. And you both wore kilts. You know, I was such a big fan. I would wear a kilt to like these guys know Madison Square Garden and Nassau Coliseum. And my aunt Joan made me a kilt, my father's sister. And then I came home one uh, semester from middle school and I had all across the board in a progress report, uncooperative behavior in class because I would talk like Rowdy Roddy Piper and I would yell at the teachers. And then all of a sudden the kilt disappeared. I couldn't find it. I think my father <laughs> took it for a ride, much like he did the uh, pet cat. Um, that he got sick of. So um, I guess the question is, were you being a true Scotsman when you're running around to school? In that <laughs> no, I, you know what? It was cold. I had to take the train to Penn station. So yeah, I couldn't. That's not excuse. You're, <laughs> <in Scotland. laughs> you're right. You're right. That was the problem. I no underpants allowed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you go to Vince McMahon and Vince gives you the nickname, the uh, chosen one. What was it like meeting him for the first time? Was it intimidating, different than you expected? Were you, were you expecting something a little more out there, like the uh, dog catcher or uh, the calligrapher, or were you happy with the chosen one? Uh, I mean, I love the the chosen one thing. For anyone that doesn't know, Vince McMahon, uh, the head of WWE and wrestling, as we know it, went on television, announced myself as somebody who reminded him of him, a future world champion, the future of this industry. So it was insane um, to be given that title of the chosen one. Things didn't work out. I had to go through some ups and downs to get to where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. But the first time I met him, was a couple of years before that. I'd just been signed to WWE. I was in catering. I'd just arrived in America. I was literally at university three weeks prior, like in my dorm watching wrestling. And suddenly I'm part of the roster. I'm in catering. I'm sitting there eating my food, looking around going, oh my God, there's The Undertaker. Oh my God, there's Batista. Oh my God, I'm in the same roster. And I turn back in front of me and Vincent Mann sits down. We have this back and forth conversation for about five minutes. He's just asking me, you know, how I'm settling in, how I'm enjoying myself. And He's looking forward to the future and I'm speaking at him. And every time I speak at him, he gets a funny look at his face. Then he speaks and he leaves the table. And I finally realized at the time, my accent was a hundred times thicker than it is right now. Wow. I mumble in general and I went, oh my God, he didn't understand a word I just said. I've ruined my entire WWE career <laughs> in one conversation with Vince. So that was my first meeting with him. And I was convinced he had no idea what I said. Well, you know, a, a lot of heels of uh, were, were you couldn't tell exactly anything. And the Iron Sheik went for many, many decades and you couldn't understand a word he said. But uh, it yeah, worked. You understand you know, the important words. That's true. Yes. It's <laughs> <Right. laughs> the You made out jabroni every two and a half minutes. It was a, it was a win. Hey, um, how much fun of The Miz did you make uh, about his time on Dancing with the Stars? Oh, I thought he did a great job, actually. I was getting ready to rip him to shreds because in the <laughs> ring, <laughs> the best times is, uh, that's a nice way to say it, because he's done very well for uh-huh. himself. Uh, 
he has not one athletic bone in his body. That's a nice way to say it. But um, and no timing half the time. But to watch him on Dance with the Stars, he did a hell of a job. So I can't say anything negative because I know I cannot dance one bit and I'd be terrible on that show. So props to him. I know you're right. I wanted to make fun of him and I'd send him a message every week and he would uh he would laugh, but he would he would do a good job. My wife and I would watch him and he uh he made it further than I thought for sure. Damn it. You know, the things are like <laughs> handed to you on a silver platter. No, I was ready to rip into shreds. Right. Yeah, can't do it. Uh, yeah. Do you have any sports teams you've adopted since uh, moving here to America full time? Yeah, I mean, I had a few teams work on me. I lived in Tampa, Florida for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I had the, uh, the Bucks work on me for a while and, you know, I never really got into it. And I always thought of American football as rugby with pads on until the past few years when I really started paying attention and started to understand, um, you know, the tactics that are involved, the physicality and wearing the pads, the players tend to go a lot harder to each other and the injuries that are caused. So I got a greater appreciation for it. So I followed the Bucks in the season, you know, when the Super Bowl when Brady came in. Wasn't fully a fan. Then I moved to Nashville and the Predators, the hockey team, they really started growing uh-huh. me. They got... They got myself and my wife along, uh, Seamus and his girl along. We got front row. We got to watch hockey up close. And there's a sport where I was like, my goodness, the, the talent involved in this, the skill involved in this, to be skating the whole game, trying to get your stick on this little tiny puck involved with the physicality involved. Um, I was very, very impressed. I got to meet you know, the manager, all the staff and all the players after the game. And I think the Predators might have me. They might have you know, won me over, swung me enough that I'm going to be a Predators fan. You know, I have to say, you you have a lot in common with the Predators, right? Like, started from nothing. I don't want to embarrass you, but you were what they would call in the industry a jobber, right? You would kind of lose. And then I don't know what what hit you. All of a sudden, you're winning, you're winning, you're winning. You're the WWE champion. It's kind of like the Predators rise to greatness. Did you maybe take something from them? Uh, I do now because I didn't know the story. But, yeah, <laughs> I mean, what, what happened with me to wake me up was I got fired. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I spent... Eight years with WWE, living my dream. Somewhere along the line, you know, things went way off track, and I had to get fired to gain some perspective, understand that it was my dream job, and I wasn't giving it my all. That's what changed my mentality. I started working my arse off for three years, got back to WWE, made it to the top. But I didn't know their story too. So there we go. Maybe that's where that connection came from. You know, subconsciously. So now I know. Maybe that's our next thirty for thirty documentary. We're going to do you uh, alongside the Predators and see the various similarities. All right, Eddie Spaghetti, I want you to jump on here. One of our producers here. Can can we see? Can uh, we show you to Drew for a second? This is Eddie Spaghetti, good sized guy, right? Young guy. He claims he could beat up just about any athlete. I mean, every week. He's I never said that. I oh, never no. said that. Just <laughs> one miniature athlete on the Houston Astros, a baseball player. That's it. Okay. That I don't it. know. The, I don't remember the details. What are your dimensions, though, Spaghetti? Tell Drew. Right now, I'm probably like 6'2", uh, 235, 240. 6'2", 240. Can he take, let's say, Ray Mysterio in a fight? No. I was yeah, saying Ray's, no. That's Please. a very tough guy. You know, he's been wrestling since he was basically in diapers. It's all he's ever done. And it's not just that. He's got the professional wrestling moves. You know, he trained the Lucha Libre in Mexico. He knows right. where to go for. He's not scared to put a thumb in an eye if it comes to it. But, you know, I'm six foot five, 275 pounds myself, and we've got some salty guys in the roster. If you think you can take everybody, I'll introduce you to a little guy called Brock. There you go. Roster. There you <laughs> go. And you'll keep and I'll be in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. See, Spaghetti, it's not always the bigger person that wins. <laughs> I, uh, I completely agree with everything Drew said. I would not take on any of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, uh, Survivor Series is going to be fun. This uh, from the Barclays Center, right? 
right there in Brooklyn Sunday, November 21st. You still have to pick a fifth for your team. Might I recommend Taylor Swift? She takes down um, uh, men uh, twice her size. Yeah, I mean, if I can get her to date the guys and dump them and write songs about them over the next few days, break their hearts, we've got it one. <laughs> I think that's a perfect match. Do it up. Pay-per-view Sunday, November 21st. Thanks for joining us, Drew. Well, thanks for having me, lads. Appreciate you all. Hope thanks, to see you on Sunday. Good luck, thanks, awesome. everybody. All right. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> all right. See, he's fun. See, Spaghetti, I hope you learned something there. I mean, we're not crazy. We're not the crazy ones here. <laughs> I uh, look, I mean, the thought of going against Brock Lesnar, let, let alone Brock Lesnar, but how about, I mean, Ray Mysterio, like he said, like he's been wrestling his whole life. That's an impossible task for me to be. It's just Altuve. Altuve is going down. Everyone else would, would have me. No question. <laughs> I'd like to see spaghetti catch on the receiving end of a 619 Ray Mysterio. Mysterio might be smaller than Altuve. I'm not sure. I know he's older. All right. We're going to get that together. That's in the meantime, let's take a quick break. All right, it's time for Sharp Tank. Degenerate Trifecta pitches me their best bet of the evening, either Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll do it again later in the week. Hey, Chris H. follows us on Twitter. Great guy, does a terrific job, except, you know, when he points out how bad we collectively are with our picks. But he did observe, Parley Kid, that you are something like 16 and 6 with your sharp tank picks after Damashek uh, recommended the suspension? Yeah, yeah. You I mean, know that? Uh, at least 16 and 6, maybe 17 and 6 now. I got to check it out. Uh, All right. And a lot of those were plus uh, money uh, wins, too. So, whoa. I, All right. I, I woke up. I woke up after that suspension. There you go. It. Much like Drew McIntyre, right? You're a jobber, and now you're uh, you're in it yeah, to win it. Art. I, yeah, when he was talking about that, um, you know, I was thinking of Harry. Maybe Harry needs to be fired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's and then maybe reinvents himself, you know, and comes back. <laughs> it's not a terrible idea. It's really not. You know, he did reinvent himself when he lost 52 pounds before Super Bowl 52, and then he re reinvented himself when he gained um, 52 and then another 52. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, Parley Kid, give us your sharp tank pick. Well, all right, Sal. I'm going with my uh, New York Islanders tonight. In a game that I don't think a lot of people are giving them a chance to win. Mm. Uh, they're plus 146 on the money line. I'm taking the money line here with the Islanders. Uh, Trotz is excellent uh, in the second of back-to-back games. Something like 23-6-5 as the Islanders coach. Almost unheard of in hockey to have that type of record. Uh, in my mind, I had said uh, if the Islanders could come off this 13-game uh, road trip to start the season with a winning record, that would that would be good enough. Uh, to get a winning record, they have to win tonight. So um, I the look things are stacked against them. Panthers are rested, Islanders are not. But I think the Islanders find a way to get this done tonight. Uh, they have not played good hockey over the last three games. That's unlike Trotz's type of team. I think uh, Sorokin stands on his head. The Islanders have a little life tonight and uh, get off this thirteen game road trip. End it with a win and come back and open up the Belmont here on Saturday night, uh, what should be an awesome, awesome night. Oh, man, I watched a little of that game against the Lightning last night. Poor Mikey Meatballs didn't say a word all day, then cursing his head off. Isles, they go up one nothing. they give up a goal like eight seconds later, then now 2-1. Boy, he is into it. Hockey (laughs) is here. All right, Brother Bry, the Mac is here also. Tuesday, Mac action. Yeah, I'm going to go Mac. I mean, I did get my last sharp thing right, but the last Mac game I got wrong, I will say. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm actually gonna go to the game tomorrow. I'm gonna mm. go Central Central Michigan Ball State over 59 and a half. Central Michigan's offense has been really good um, the last couple of weeks, and their games have been way over. I mean, they had uh, I think the totals were 77 points and 77, 72, and 84 in the last three games for them. Ball State will be good defensively, but they've even had you know they've had some over games against you know their Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan have been some higher scoring games. So I think this is a higher scoring affair. Central Michigan's defense hasn't been very good either. So 59 and a half seems too low for me in this game. I like the yeah. over. All right, Harry, you're going a little more mainstream. Uh, game of the night in the NBA, Warriors 11 and two, Nets 10 and four. Looking up only in the East at uh, the Wizards 11-3. By the way, the Lizards, Wizards, Lizards, the Wizards still plus 950 to win the Southeast. I guess that shows you how. Uh, early in the NBA season we are. But, Harry, you like a player prop in the Warriors-Nets. Yeah, let's go Steph Curry. Over 30.5 points at minus 112. He's on a five-game run of, like, zigzagging um, with big games and small games. And on the 7th of mm. November, he had 20. Then the next day, he had 50 versus Atlanta. Then the next game he came out, he mm. had 25. Then the next game, 40 versus the Bulls. And he had just 24 in the loss against Charlotte on Sunday, so I expect in this intriguing matchup between the Warriors and the Nets, I think Curry tonight goes off a little bit, goes for over 30 and a half. All right, I'll go with you, Harry. I have him to win MVP. I think he's like plus 350 now. I got him at 10 to 1. I think you're right. He tries tends to show off in some of these games. Parlor kid, maybe he ends up a Nick one day, right? Not that this is in Madison no. Square Garden. But no, won't no, you don't see him? You don't want him? No, I'd love to have him, but... Oh. That's uh, not going to happen. Don't, things, don't, good things like that don't happen to the Knicks. No, I know. I know. Really just, good just things. Really good there. things. Yeah. It'll never happen. I agree. Uh, <laughs> let's go over 30 and a half uh, for Steph Curry. And, uh, you know, I have another. I have one I like even better. By the way, Warriors plus three against the Nets. 221 is he over. And I'm going Draymond mm-hmm. under seven and a half for my own pick. Minus 108. This Manning cast curse is real, guys. It is. Uh yeah, who was on yesterday? Mickelson, Al Michaels. Al Michaels is going to get like a, the flu or something. He's going to have to sit out a game. Draymond was on yesterday. Phil Rivers, whatever. I don't know what he's running around with uh, 17 kids. But Draymond is the only active player on the main and cast yesterday. Under seven and a half points. He's going to have four fouls with three minutes left in the first quarter. And uh, he's not going to see the floor. Minus 108. Brother Brian, you like a player prop here too. Yeah, and uh, he was actually good, Draymond. On there he was until really his, good. <laughs> until he had the Mike, guts to his, admit that he loved football uh, more than basketball. I loved watching it. it yeah, really, he said he loved watching football more than and basketball. But it was nice. Like yeah. he did a good job, though. Like when they were talking about football stuff and comparing that on the basketball side, until his mic went out and it, it sounded, like, <laughs> sounded like he was deaf. For, there are some second. conspiracy theories about that. <laughs> where, where he was plugging a certain podcast at the time. For, Def, definitely possible. I thought so too. I was thinking if that was possible, but then he started pulling his uh, like his uh, right. his right, microphone right. out of his hoodie. So I don't know if that was uh, intentional. But yeah, I like um, I like uh, Harden over nine and a half assists. Still kind of low. Last year the the assist totals sometimes sometimes you get ten and a half with Harden, sometimes eleven. Um, you know he's been obviously he's worked himself into better shape. The Nets have been playing better. Uh, he's had 10 or more assists in six of his last eight games. He's averaging 12 over his last three. I think that, you know, this is a big game for him tonight. I think he shows up and and, and plays well. All right, there you go. Uh, so I'll go with Curry over 30 and a half. Brother Bry likes Harden over nine and a half in that game. And I like Draymond under seven and a half. Uh, 
with my own personal pick. All right, that'll do it uh, for another episode. What do we got? We're coming back Thursday. Preview the Thursday night game and Friday. Oh, Parlay Kid, you wanted to mention Harry's like blocking the few followers he has now that support him. And um, now he's blocking them. What happened there? Yeah, I, I I don't know. what I mean, this guy, Ben Kelly and him, going, look, they went out for drinks a couple, uh, maybe a year and a half ago yeah. or so. Uh, I think yeah. what happened is um, Harry stiffed him on the on the bill. Uh, ben was a little upset about lie. it. Whatever. That's, a, it's that's a lie. Harry, you know, Harry does, Harry's got alligator arms. We know that. Um, <laughs> and, and ben, well, he literally does have alligator arms. Right. Like, I'm not, I'm not even, uh, you know, it's true. Well, um, I don't think how, much was that, how much hands, was that dinner in Long Island? How much was that dinner in Long Island? His pockets. They literally Darren, how much was that it. dinner I paid for in Long Island? How much was that one? What? Uh, that, 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 what are you talking? That was about? nice. That was nice. Like the whole Zacoli clan. Why are you blocking this guy? Right. What are you doing? Well, look, the, well, he's blocking Darren, him because Ben calls him out on some nonsense. Mm-hmm. Harry doesn't like it. So what does Harry do? He look. blocks the guy. Guy's a loyal listener. So we had him on the podcast. He's a loyal listener. And you know what? He's going to take his, uh, you know, he'll go elsewhere now because Harry blocks him. I mean, that's his child stuff. The guy hasn't been (laughs) terrible to Harry. Harry's been terrible to him. What did he say, Harry? What was, what broke the, uh... Harry says stuff about his mother. I mean, this is, Uh, that's not me. That's your buddy, Von John. That's your buddy, Von John. You have said something about his mother. I really do. Uh, I think we can um, go back. Yeah. Look, (laughs) I can take uh, jokes, obviously, nonstop. I can take it. Listen, if he's going to make jokes and be funny and try to be cute towards me, you got to be witty. You got to be funny. None of his tweets are funny. They aren't witty. They're dumb. They're just non-intelligent. I laugh at them. I think they're hilarious. You just you just instigate. You're the instigator. Babyface uh, Joel Solomon. Come in here. You, You are particularly obsessed with this topic. I mean, I, do, I don't like the criticism uh, about Harry and just like Lamar Jackson not being uh, good in the pocket. That's not fair. That's <laughs> Harry. Well, the last time we went out for dinner, Harry paid the tip. So that's not fair. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, listen, I, if he, uh, listen, Joel, if he apologizes and says that he was dead wrong about what I said about Sam Darnold and I've been calling for three years, mm-hmm. maybe even longer, four years, um, that I'll consider uh, unblocking. Okay, he's got to he's got to admit that I was dead right. That seems that seems like a, a fair enough stupid, but a fair enough deal. Um, <laughs> I just want to hear it. Okay, part like kid knows I'm dead right on that too. All right, there you go. That's fine enough. All right, you heard Ben Kelly and Harry. What's your thing? Like you know, now Harry, I don't think he's coming to my house for Thanksgiving. I, all he's talked about is he wants to go to a playoff game. My son, my oldest son. I'm like, it's, it's one this Friday. He's like, ah. Uh, I don't think I can come out because my girlfriend has people coming into town. She wants me to meet. Just get married already, Harry. What, what's the difference? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, her her parents are coming down from Utah, so that's I mean, fine. So two weeks in a row, you gotta what, what? All right. Well, let me. I told you I'll work on. I'm working on it's it. Fine. No, on we it. don't need you. We don't need you. Harry. Oh, stop. It's fine. Work we don't need you. All right. <laughs> Love Archie. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we'll be back. Thursday for uh, spaghetti and meatballs and babyface Joel Solomon, the degenerate trifecta. Oh, and Drew McIntyre. Check him out at the Barclay Center this Sunday, WWE Survivor Series. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Nah, 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 nah,